good. <laughs> I have no idea why David puts up with this, honest to God. It's, this, it's, this one's blinking red. Is that okay? Oh, is, is, that, is that blink actually uh, what we're... Oh, my God. Oh, we are recording. Great. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Business Legends Podcast. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with the CEO of Business Marketing Solutions Group, Christian Webb. Say what's up. Just like that? Yeah. What's up? That's kind of weak, kind of weak. We have an awesome <laughs> guest today, um, guy that we've known for probably about a year now, I guess. Um, owns five different law offices. Uh, his name is Jason Taylor, and they are the law offices of Jason E. Taylor. Jason, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, we, we've been sharing some just great, wonderful stories. I'm super glad they're not on camera or record. Uh, you know, they might they might uh, criminalize uh, Reese over here, but luckily we have, we have a great... Great attorney in the building. Attorney client privilege. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we need. You know, I, I need that on my side type of thing. So, uh, Jason, let's kind of dig into it, man. Um, you know, you have five different law offices. So one of the things. Well, you have one law office with five locations. One, right. Okay. So one law office with five locations. How do you find the time to join us for a podcast, man? Like you have so much going on. I have super folks running everything. I yeah. kind of try to stay out of the way. Yeah. You know, they just, uh, they know what they're doing and they do better with me kind of not bothering them. Yeah. Okay. So I got you. Make that's, some time for me. Yeah. That's perfect. It, it's just amazing. I mean, when we, uh, when we originally said, we'd love to have you on the show, um, you know, we were talking about it and you said, Oh, I got some stuff to say. I'll be on that. And <laughs> I, I was just amazed. I was like, you know, thank you for making the time. Um, and it's just incredible. I don't, I don't know how you're able to, um, do so many things at so many times. Um, you well, just, he doesn't. Yeah, well, yeah, or or have the people in <laughs> or a gammy. Or yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, a lot of people think they have to do everything. Yep. And the fact that you, I mean, you're like literally living proof that you don't have to do everything. You I delegate do. what you don't want to do and what you can't do right. <laughs> but you find people who are better at things than you are, and and get them to join you, and then you get smart enough to listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's might take a do. ring or two, but you'll get there. Yeah. 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 Christian, Christian might choke me out a little bit first, you know, when we, <laughs> whenever we're doing stuff. So uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, just the attorney's world. Um, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis, you know, I think a lot of people think about uh, having cases and trials and things like this. Obviously, there's a lot of preparation that goes into every trial. Um, how do you systemize your time in such a way that you can, you can be both effective but also exceptional in the courtroom? Well, that's a good question, and I'll tell you, um, there's a tremendous amount of time invested pre-trial. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do a, a good job, and we have a civil practice, right? We don't sure. do a criminal practice, and our trials tend to take some period of time. It could be a, a day, but more often they're several days or weeks, and, and I had them to be a month before. Wow. And, and you've got to put in, you know, three times as much time on the front end. Yeah to get it to come out right on the back end. And, uh, and then sometimes all that work in the case, you know, resolves before or during trial, you yeah. know, uh, or I've had them resolve while the jury's out deliberating, Wow, you know, because at that point, both sides kind of know what's there Yeah, and you know, all the evidence is in. And then sometimes you can resolve it. And, and uh, on one occasion I suggested to defense counsel, uh, Hey, don't you guys want to pay us now? And he said no. <laughs> and I had one of the best uh, jury verdicts, you know, in years. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe he yeah, should have. Yeah, yeah, maybe he should have listened like, to. I'm you. glad he didn't listen. Oh, good. You're glad he did. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But, but jury came back with really good money. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's, that's so, hilarious. He, he was wishing he had tried to settle with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that's hilarious. You know, our our impression is is I guess you know the more common um, understanding of law is things like 
things like Bull or TV shows like Law and Order or right. something like that. And it, it's just incredible listening to different stories and how it actually goes. Um, we, we recently spoke privately about when, when I was selected for jury duty. And it was kind of an interesting experience because they had me line up on a, on a hallway and then they're like, go away. And I was like, well, you know, thanks for nothing. I'll go back to watching, you know, the Martian or whatever they had us doing that day. But um, it's very interesting what you deal with on, on a day-to-day basis. So an odd fact, I'm 30 years old, never been invited to jury duty. You hear that? You hear that state of North Carolina? <laughs> Christian Webb, Christian Webb, I'll give you his address later, but uh, he just moved, just for the record. He has never been selected. For uh, I'm also completely biased on every everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm 51, almost 52, and I've only been gotten called for jury duty one time really? i know people's yeah. been called like yeah. four or five times i, I do too it's I, I no idea how that <laughs> i thought maybe they just didn't out. know where i lived or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was telling jay this is true when i when i was selected for jury duty i had a gentleman that had been selected 12 times and it's insane it's insane it's insane i'm not 100 percent convinced that it's completely randomized mm-hmm. um but what i can tell you is that i mean he must have fit a bill or been the most lucky slash unlucky individual on the face of the earth um, one of the things that, not to get too carried away about jury duty, but, um, you know, I think my lunch was like $13 and I think they paid me like $7 to be there. So I paid the court. To, <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's the most infuriating thing. So I will say this though, you're, it's a good service. Yeah. And if you ever need a jury, you're going to be glad you have those folks come in. That's so, good. That's an excellent point. That's yeah. an excellent point. Let's hope I never need that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, at business legends, we like to discuss the, uh, the important things. So, um, how do you get out of jury? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so with with the se- the selection process is just very interesting. Um, we've spoken about that too, yeah. um, and it's uh, you know once you're there, you might as well participate. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely, learn know, from it. Yeah, learn from it, and you know be a integral part of our society, whatever that happens. So let's so let's go back a step here. So you're you're a brand new brand new lawyer. You're you're opening your own first your first uh, law office. When did it come to the point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to open a second? How did that happen? What kind of came over you? Or did you just say, I'm just going to open four at a time? And- yeah. <laughs> no, well, the first one came about, you know, I started working for another law firm. Oh, of course. And uh, I uh, was getting cases, and it was an injury firm, and the insurance companies would, you know, give us a bad offer, deny a case, and I'd file a lawsuit, start trying a case, and the, uh, the owner uh, – asked me to come into his office and he said, what are you doing trying all these cases? And I said, well, they're, you know, crappy offers or denied cases and they need to be tried. And he said, you make more money for me on the phone. Wow. And I said, wait a second. And I, my dad was a lawyer and my dad had told me, you know, you got to try a lot of cases. You got to have a bite with your bark. And so I said, dad, this, this is, sounds crazy. He goes, oh yeah, you got to get out of there. So within four months, I left that and started a practice uh, wow. with somebody else. And then then I was in that firm with a partner for 10 years, and we just had a different way of doing things. So I left and, and started my own. And with that partner, I had two offices in two locations. So when I started my own, I started with two offices because that's what I had already been doing. Okay. Yeah. And then from there, God knows why I've done what I've done. Yeah. Not all of it's been smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you got a great team behind you. I mean, we, we speak with people like Billy. I mean, she's yeah. just magnificent. Um, this is actually something that I don't know. What what order did you go in with your uh, locations? Like what came first? Well, uh, uh, Charlotte and Hickory were my first two. Okay, uh, I had those with my former practice. I, I when I opened my own practice, I opened with those two. And I have had other locations mm-hmm. that I've decided for. Like for a while, I had one in, in Gastonia. Well, I could so easily service that area 
with the Charlotte and Hickory office, it didn't really make sense. I, at one time I had one in, uh, a lawyer in Concord and I had a lawyer in uh, Winston-Salem. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I've met good people who I thought could do good work, I've, I've tried to incorporate them and, and do good things. And sometimes that's worked out and sometimes that hasn't. And you yeah. got to kind of not be afraid to, to try something and, and, and have your head up and know when it's not working the way it should and, and move on. So yeah. it's a constant evolution. But So it was uh, Charlotte and Hickory to start with, then Columbia, South Carolina, then uh, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, and then uh, Rock Hill. Okay, I got you. So uh, let me ask you this. What what went through your head when it was time to depart? I mean, I guess you probably knew ahead of time, and, and the other attorney that you had to practice with probably knew as well it was time for you guys to go your separate ways. What what went through your head? What was your, um, you know, what you told yourself, essentially, before you said, hey, I'm going to do my own thing and, and open this thing by myself? What was the process like for you? Yeah, it was very stressful because I had already been through that when I mm-hmm. started that practice with sure. that lawyer, and, uh, and and that lawyer did not know. It wasn't a mutual oh, agreement okay. at that time. I, I was not happy with how some things were, you know, yeah. being done where, that I was learning about that yeah. were being done in a way that I wasn't real happy with. So I said, I'm, I'm not dealing with that. I'm going to start yeah. my own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was stressful. I was like, oh, I got to go through this again. Right. And then once I did it, I was like, wow, what took me so long? I yeah. should have done this a while ago. <laughs> yeah. you know, and that was, I, th- I guess that's been almost 15 years ago. So, wow. You know, yeah. yeah. You went through those growing pains and then you said it was, it was time. It was time to yeah. do your own thing. And, and it's amazing. I mean, you have you have your locations. Um, your Charlotte office is beautiful. It's my favorite, personally. Yeah. Um, you have the the killer view of uptown, and you know I like all the Charlotte sports and everything and right. stuff too. So it's it's an amazing thing. Yeah, hey, how scary they make entrepreneurship. Like they're always like it's like this. You just it's an insurmountable mountaintop that you just can't climb and get over. And mm-hmm. then once you just start your business, you realize it was about six, seven signatures, a couple things sent to the IRS, mm-hmm. and now you have an EIN. Having a good attorney, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's got good ideas. Being an entrepreneur is taking the first step mm-hmm. and then every step thereafter. Yep. Yeah. Not being afraid to take two steps back when you have to, or one to the left, one to the right, whatever you got to do to ultimately keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And change. You got you to gotta be willing to change because life changes, work changes, and, yeah. and you've got to be paying attention and, and not think you've got it all figured out and be complacent. Yeah, my favorite quote is, it's not the strongest or the smartest, it's the one that can adapt the best. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, I, is that, I agree. I was going to say, it might be a Darwin quote. <laughs> it is? It is? It is? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's something else, bringing back my old shaking off the cobwebs from my science era. <laughs> um, the One thing that, that I wanted to kind of speak to you about too, Jason, here is um, innovation. So... Whenever I talk to you, um, you know, we talk about different things going going on with the firm and, and different cases, different uh, locations and stuff. And typically speaking, you know, we go over that stuff and, and we make decisions on what, on what we got to do with that stuff. But then we spend quite a bit of time thinking about, okay, what's next? What, um, you know, what might be a good area for a new office even? Or, you know, what different methods can we can we use to, you know, particularly attack this segment of the market or something. How do you remain on the cutting edge of innovation with things like that, and especially in, in practice? You know, I, I think I'm far from the cutting edge, but we're always trying to get to it, sure. you know? And so with each thing we've done, we try to figure out what we did well mm-hmm. and what we didn't. 
Mm-hmm. So the next time we do it, we're not reinventing the wheel. Mm-hmm. And and I will tell you, you know, you almost laugh at yourself. Like, why didn't I consider these factors when I was yeah. opening the last office? Right. The before, you know, I mean, these these would be important things, and they never crossed my mind. Oh, before. really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're like, funny. oh my god. And yeah. So so then when you realize the things that you weren't um, considering that you should have, then you just make sure that you you, you do that for the next one. Sure. You know, and. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of our stuff, you know, when we opened the Greenville office, it's, I was there with my stepdaughter, and she was going to school there. And I said, hey, great town. And I had a buddy I know who lived there who yeah. we used to work together, practice together. And so I called him, and, and you know, uh, he was in a position to, to come on board. And I thought, well, great. You know, this Perfect. looks like a neat town, and he's a great guy and yeah. wonderful. Yeah. There was no science uh or real interesting you know, intellectual business thinking and all oh, that perfect perfect other than i knew he's a very good lawyer yeah and a very good guy and the town i had a good vibe yeah and um and you know that's okay too yeah and and everybody, not everything has to be and so everybody well drives like crap there yeah right well right. that too <laughs> yeah yeah no, it's a it's just it's a growing good nice town yeah. I, I do i do like that place yeah. it's actually uh it's actually one of the better cities around here yeah i thought yeah. it was great out there it's yeah it's a beautiful place um one of our friends just moved out. Oh, uh, Kenny, Kenny moved out there. Oh, did he? Kenny, yeah, Kenny lives out that way. Anyway. Good riddance. Um, the, uh, so the take-home message to the new entrepreneur is uh, don't trust science. Just trust your gut. <laughs> just well, just go with, just trust the people. I, I, I would say that you have to trust your gut. Yeah. You have to, tr- data is, I, and I've learned this late in life, you know, data is important. We try to gather information and, and then use that information. And this started when I started doing focus groups for trials, cases like, I don't know, maybe 10 plus years ago. And first there's learning the process of doing the focus group, which is getting information from folks on the issues that you're interested in. And then there's this other interesting step. How do you use that information? Okay, (laughs) I have it. Now, what does it mean? Right. And it took a while to figure out what it means and how to incorporate that into what we do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once you start to see that in that little kind of little example that little model and i go well i got to make this work for my business too so i've been pushing for a number of years now with the people in the in the law firm there's this data that we need to gather and track on every client's case that we have various different things and then you know you do that and it takes a while to be able to then kind of see the the rhythms in what you've done well we can tell because we've got clients came to us from these areas of, of marketing or whatever, whether it's, you know, prior clients or it's something on the internet or an event we're at. And then mm-hmm. you, how does all that translate? And then it makes you smarter with the, the investments and time and energy and, and people and locations that you do going forward. And we were just talking about a piece of that, like for like, if you were to open a sixth location, now you can use digital when, data. When, when you yeah, open yeah. your sixth you, location. You can, right. you can now run digital data in that area. Like you can run like the exact same advertisements that you would in the cities that you actually are. Just to just to see the engagement before yeah. you even get there. Well, absolutely, and and we can take the the data from what we've done and figure out where the best investment is to let people know we're there, mm-hmm. and and areas are different, and not assume that that was necessarily the best way to approach it there. But if you're eyes on and you're paying attention and you're looking at it on a routine basis, you know, yeah, you know, and you can you can tweak it. The other thing I'd say too, and this is this is. Uh, Maybe the most important thing I've learned over over the years, and and something I learned early, is you while you're trying to push forward, you always have to look back, because your expenses can kill you. Sure. And it's very easy to, you know, you you have some vendor who's doing something for you. I don't care if it's the, the your internet stuff or your you know you have cable in your office. Mm-hmm. Well, 
all of a sudden that bill climbs and it's $240 or $350. When yeah. you got it, it was 100 and you weren't paying enough attention that you should have gone back and negotiated and saved $2,000 a year. Yeah. You always have to kind of look back and, and make sure you're, you're, you haven't lost control of what's in your house already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you stack up too much. We did a count the other day. Oh, it was like 23 softwares that we already have. Yeah. As a, as, a, as a two and a half year, almost three year company. Mm-hmm. 23 softwares. Like yep. five years from now, I don't even want to, I don't even want to know. Yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> I, I just figured out, or I didn't figure out, uh, somebody in my office figured out <laughs> what our office supplies average for our oh, offices a, a month. Yeah. And we have a firm meeting every week and we talk about various things. And I, that was, I'm like, okay, we need to chat about this because, yeah. <laughs> because and maybe it's all stuff we really need, but yeah. maybe it's not. And unless you look and unless you're focused on it, you know, you're, you're, doing the equivalent of paying for another staff member, what would be the equivalent of some, wow. you know, income for a year, That's or you could cut that back. And if you do that in three or four different areas, all of a sudden you've saved, you know, 40, 50, $60,000 a year. That's, that's real money. So now we're and, talking about money. Yeah. And, well, but it is when you, when, when you say 500 there and 200 there, and, and, and all of a sudden that's a thousand dollars a month, that's $12,000 a year. It doesn't take too many little things to add up and be that kind of numbers and those those all of a sudden it's 36 and it's 48 and oh, man. so you got to look back while you're looking forward yeah. yeah when we get back to the office we're going to bust out the excel sheet yeah we need yeah. to we need to do some <laughs> crunching on, on some of that stuff do you, do you think on the subject of innovation while we're kind of talking about it um whenever i whenever i think about law again common common dummy over here but whenever i think about law firms particularly i just think about all the papers like <laughs> i just think about I, I shudder to think what your printer costs are per year between electricity, paper, and toner, and everything else. Do you think that there might be a way to implement some new technologies for digital things, or do you think that you know the subject of law is just going to remain paper? Oh, you're always going to need always, to put a tree in one know. side and paper. <laughs> no, and there are a lot of law firms uh, and lawyers who have gone paperless. Wow, that's and, so hard. And a lot of what we used to do in paper, we don't. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, if I'm getting ready for a trial, yeah, you gotta have some papers on. I do. Now there's others who don't. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just old school enough that I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hit on and it's not going to go on. Right. You know, I, the the switch and the fuse goes and all All of a sudden I need my candles. All of a sudden. Yeah. My paper files give me a security blanket. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. That security blanket is fully like you need that because let me give you a story about Mecklenburg County. They uh they got hacked and uh they yep. were like actually ransomware. They lost like they were they were asked for like X amount of dollars and they told them no and they ended up losing like six months worth of data and they mm-hmm. regretted saying no to that ransomware cost. Yeah, like they should have just paid them um, because like they lost so much data. Like they had to call us back for a year and a half's worth of topographs and I was we're one of their this like, is in a previous industry. Operation. Yeah, they're one, yeah. we were one of their like four hundred vendors that lost data. Yep. Well, I, I don't blame them for not paying. That's like paying for hostages. But I think you yep. still got to hunt them down and kill them. So yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not gonna yeah. pay them, at least at least take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, got, you don't let that go on any unanswered. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to shift gears with you a little bit here and uh, and talk a little bit about corporate culture. So again, speaking to young entrepreneurs, people that are starting businesses, one of the things that they have to figure out. I mean, whether you're selling a widget or opening a law firm or an office of any type, or a new business or something. What steps did you take um, when it comes to corporate culture? I know at the law offices, Jason E. Taylor, um, all of your employees, not just your attorneys, are expected to uphold a certain candor, respect, and, and whatnot. And another thing that I find very impressive is that 
every single person that works at the law offices of Jason E. Taylor has to have philanthropy that they want to commit time and effort to. And I think that's a great thing. What, what went into those decisions and making that culture a thing? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I guess a couple of things. Um, you know, that, that evolves over time. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you don't just start out with this, oh, this is my your, your closet is empty until you start to put the clothes you wear. Mm-hmm. And as you, you, know, you, you grow, you decide you like different things, and so your closet changes over time. Well, your culture changes over time. Sure. And, um, you know, so, you know, incorporating the, the, the motorcycles and things like that, it's just yeah. it was something I, I did that, you know, became part of the, the yeah. practice. You're, and, you're a real biker and a real lawyer, you well, know. Yeah, and, and it's just, you know, so they kind of come together. I don't, I guess you get old enough, I don't need to have a pillar and a book and a gavel to look like I'm doing it. Or right. maybe, <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't care. Yeah. I just, it's, it becomes a little bit more of who you are and mm-hmm. you don't worry so much about what other people think. And the charitable aspect, I, I believe in giving back. Always have. Well, you know, mm-hmm. my, my, I learned, you learn that from your parents. And yep. so I've, I've had a number of charities that I've been involved in. And, and uh, I was like, well, everybody ought to be involved. And, you know, I don't know how it started. Maybe somebody in the office had something. I'm like, well, gosh, we'll help. We'll support that. And then, you know, and then you say, well, gosh, maybe other people. And, and uh, one of the most amazing things um, that I've seen is, you know, when we ask the, the people in our office, you know, pick your charity, and we, you, the firm is going to support that charity because that charity means something to you. Mm-hmm. It is interesting the connections that folks have had with their charities through family members, personal experiences. All there, There's not just a, well, let me spin the wheel and pick a charity. Sure. There is, for folks, a real um, connection. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it gives me goosebumps. It means it's really something important in their life. So the fact that we can be a part of that is huge. Yeah. You know, it's I, good. It makes me feel good. I, I think it's such a strong statement that what the one thing you just said was you pick a philanthropy and the firm is going to support you because it was your choice, you know? And I, I think that's an incredible thing in, in itself because that's effectively telling the people that work at the law offices, Jason E. Taylor, that, that you're important to us and what's important to you is also important to us. Well, absolutely. You know? Um, I, I joke and, and laugh about all the crazy things that I did back in my fraternity days and all the all the philanthropic events and things that we did. Um, but it, it's a part of who I am. You know, it's a part of the things that I'm proud of. Christian and I just did uh, some volunteer work at, at the Samaritans first, the Operation Christmas Child stuff. Yep. And uh, my hands it was are still rough. My hands are still rough. We uh, we. We weren't that good at it, to be honest with you. I mean, we we just we just picked things up and put them down. They're like, oh, you guys. I literally said that. They're like, you have all these rules to follow, and I was like, do you have something I could just pick up? Yeah. I, I saw how skilled you guys are when we did that uh, competitive event oh, for that oh, charity. Oh, the beers and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the beers and burpees. Yeah. 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 So I I get where you're going. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so we just you know we just picked things up. And put you mean them you down. saw how good my partner was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christian, for those of you that, that don't understand that, we did, we all did a beers and burpees event together. It was a great event. That event. Um, Reese did a beer and burpee event. <laughs> that was my birthday. Reece, it was. Reece, it was your birthday. It was my birthday. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Reese almost died. It's not a big deal, but um, that was another great event. That event raised over uh, seventy six thousand dollars for the um, the. Uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the of the um, of the organization. I, and I, I frankly big don't either. or something. But the, what they do is for a for a, a child with some real problems who has a um, kind of a. a a team they want to see or mm-hmm. a player they want to see and yeah, they arrange for the, or something. It's kind something. of a make a wish kind of a yep. thing and and uh, and 
and it's a great it's a great cause. It's and, something yeah. dreams. It's but I can't remember the exact yeah. name. But yeah. they're basically like bring Cam Newton down to meet to right meet a, meet a kid, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's raising money to help children who could use something. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fun to be a part of. It was fun. That was yeah. a great event on on my birthday, and it was it was a a really fun thing. Yeah, I always tell this funny story. Uh, so I, uh, I mean, it's not like I lived under a box or anything, but uh, I had a, I had a less than uh, less than fortunate childhood, I guess. Um, but people like you actually helped my family through it. So one year, I remember a uh, transfer truck pulling up in my driveway and dropping off a whole bunch of Christmas toys, and wow. I didn't understand it because I was young, you know. I thought I was like, man, that's cool. Santa dropped shit off in a in an eighteen wheeler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we got we got a blue bike. I got. I remember. I don't remember any of my presents, but I remember getting a blue bike. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was, and I said that the other day. I didn't even realize that I'd remember the details of it until my wife, uh, about a couple couple months ago, I was telling her about it. She's like, "Well, that's the first time I ever told you. Uh, the first time you ever described a present you received when you were younger." And and just for the record, uh, Kayla, which is Christian's wife, is a saint. Not oh, only, she's fantastic. Not only does she uh, participate in a lot of philanthropic things and is a good person, puts but, it with me. <laughs> oh man, it's a good joke. <laughs> Including <laughs> bears and burpees. She was yeah, yeah she was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. So, that's true. So she does all, all sorts of things. I interrupted like you, though. You, you were talking about the... It wasn't era. important, I promise. I don't even remember what I was talking <laughs> no, about. No, you were talking about Samaritan's Purse, and you were doing the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing... Yeah, so we did we did that, and uh, Christian and I, independently, we, we spoke about it after the fact, and, you know, we were talking about culture. We were talking about things that we want to implement in our company and, and things that, you know, uh, we want to give back. I, I like to joke, obviously, about everything, and, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has this, has this great... Um, it's called a, a keynote when he was uh, speaking to people that had just graduated from a university. And, you know, he goes through his, his specific rules in life. And then the last thing is, he says, no matter what you do, how successful you are, how much time it takes you, you must always find time to give something back. And he said, everything I've ever done, being, you know, in all these movies and action movies, having a great time, uh, being Mr. Olympia, he said, these days, even as the governor of California, I get more joy out of playing a game of chess with a 10-year-old than I ever have on a red carpet. And it's just kind of a magical story in itself. You That's know? great. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of cultural aspects to that. And, uh, you know, that's something that as things evolve, as the closet fills up with maybe way too much money in office supplies or, what, yeah. or, what, or whatever you got putting on in there, I, I just think it's a, it's a really um, firm thing to have in place in your in your corporation type of thing so um you know it we could go on and on forever about that stuff so um tell me about the law offices on on a on a day-to-day basis um so you have five different locations um how what's it like so you know let's say you have a a case in charlotte and a case in hickory and and whatever else how do you make it so that it whatever office you're at you can adequately do your job at type of thing well we're you know where all the offices are connected on the cloud and we're, you know, we're, sure. so we're all, everybody Technology can kind of access. Yeah. Everybody could access all the, all the cases and information, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's lawyers in every office. So there's right. always, you know, it's not where everybody's in one place and, and another, one of the offices is kind of empty and turn on the lights. There's actually people and yeah, all the offices. And in some offices, there are folks who are, uh, have particular areas of law that they practice. Uh, for example, you know, Jake, uh, who's in our Rock Hill office, does a lot of employment law issues, but he'll, he does them in North and South Carolina. So he may go visit Tim in Greenville, uh, and Tim's in our Greenville office, but Tim doesn't focus on the employment law, but he'll help Jake with a case out there or, sure. or Brian down in, uh, in uh, Columbia. And 
Uh, Will in, here in Charlotte uh, kind of heads up the, the work comp things that we do. And, you know, he'll could be in Hickory one day and, and, and somewhere else another day. And, uh, you know, Brian does a lot of, um, you know, homeowner stuff and, and auto and, and various things. And, and uh, Larry, uh, who's here in Charlotte, but does a lot of uh, consumer unfair and deceptive trade and things like that. But he's in both states and mm-hmm. Robin and, and Wes up in, in Hickory. So People. we all just kind of work together to, you know, it's really a team. We, you know, it's, it's LoJet was the, you know, yeah is the uh, kind of the acronym or the abbreviation for the firm. And we were all like team LoJet and we were all kind of running in whatever direction to, to help get things done and make sure that we do the best job we can for folks. So. Yeah. I like it. That's it's incredible. It's incredible to be able to say that whether you're in Charlotte or Columbia or Rock Hill or Greenville or, or whatever else you can get the job done. You know, oh, yeah. you can, you can help each other. I, you know, my, my big ego self is sitting here thinking about what would happen if, uh, if, you know, I had like a smaller office than Christian and like, you know, in the same position, if I had a smaller office than Christian in Columbia or something, you know, I might kind of nudge him out or try to <laughs> try to get him out. I like space. You know what right. I'm saying? I like to have my have my space all set up and stuff. Um, well, Jason, uh, let's ask you one more question here before you get going here. I know you're a busy guy. I got a lot of things going on. Um, where do you see um, law particularly going? What direction do you, do you see things going? This is both from a political side and also in in the case of civil as well as in a practice do you think it's always going to be in a courtroom uh do you think that maybe technology could make it different and people see it on you know on screens or something like that or where do you see well uh, unfortunately i see it in many ways going away which is uh sad and that's for a number of reasons uh Part of them, uh, some of it has to do with the, the kind of the loss of connection we have, which comes from the cell phones, texting and emailing, and a lot less interpersonal skills being developed. So you see, um, you see a lot of organizations that do good things aren't getting members, aren't getting people to join. People are kind yeah. of focused on themselves. So that pendulum uh, is, is swung significantly from when I started practicing, you know, like the, the Trial Lawyers Association or the you know, whatever, whatever kind of civil group uh, that, that you might be a part of, all of those groups have suffered in their membership because people wow. just aren't making the commitments to others that they once did. And corporate America, uh, unfortunately, has uh, really taken, um, it's got more power than it should. And, yeah. and I'm a member of uh, ABOTA, which is a national organization that's uh, about trial protecting the right to trial. It's about mm-hmm. the Seventh Amendment. And um, so much of what we do today kind of um, contracts out your right to a trial. So yeah. there'll be, there are fewer trials today than there was when I started practicing. Uh, you know, I'd have a trial on in a county, and you'd get the, for that week, there'd be a, a list of the trials on the docket, and there'd be, you know, 30 or something. Now there's three. Wow. You yeah. know, it's just changed dramatically from on, on the civil uh, side of that. But you know, you uh, anything you do uh, from your getting your cell phone or whatever you 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 know you, there's a contract and it says you know press this that check this that you've read it and of course you hit that so you yeah. can move on you haven't read it and it yeah. says you agree to a binding arbitration and you'll do it under AAA American Arbitration Association rules and you've waived your right to a jury trial. Yeah. So. Um, I'm pretty sure, by the way, that I owe Microsoft like three of my firstborn children. So, you know, I yeah. mean, well, you know, agreement's like 26 pages. Yeah. Like, I, I think people are less interested in protecting their rights because they really don't care about your rights. And your rights might be 
the ones threatened today, theirs aren't. It's not until theirs are that they go, oh, my gosh. And it's like, well, you know what? you got to kind of protect everybody's rights. That's the, the first part of it. The second part of it, we, we've allowed uh, corporate America to contract away our constitutional rights. So, yeah. so where do I see it going? I, yeah. I see Down it going away, unfortunately. Yeah, that's and, awful. And, and we can bring it back. Or a big push against that. What's that? Or y'all might do a big push against that. Yeah. yeah might swing the pendulum the other direction. I, I, yeah. would, I try all the time. And, yeah. and that's part of my, you know, what I do on, a, on, the, on the community level is sure. uh, be involved in these organizations and do things to, to try to remind people about, uh, about protecting their rights. Yeah. I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to, like, get, like, the CEO of Amazon to go to court. <laughs> Oh yeah, like like that would be, be you, yeah. You'd be stuck in arbitration for years. I'd be 112 you know. before that case went. Yeah, down. for sure. Well, if you actually had a a case against them, you can get them to court with a subpoena. But yeah, oh, really, that's got to be tough that, too. Well, unlike what we're seeing happening in our uh, with our legislators, you actually subpoenas are things that you have to uh, to respect, or, or the sheriff, <laughs> or the sheriff can, or the sheriff can come and get you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's, and they, and they should come and get you. And, uh, because you know, you're, you've been ordered to the courthouse, um, or to appear for wherever that, you know, whatever that subpoena is about. Uh, but you know, if you don't have a valid cause of action, which is what these, what these, uh, arbitration clauses are doing to our civil justice system is they're, 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 knocking it down and taking it away it's, unbeknownst to you yeah yeah obviously i mean I, I was completely unaware of that and all the while you know i'm sitting here thinking what's gonna happen to my favorite tv shows if there's no <laughs> yeah <laughs> if there's no they can't no wrap it up in 30 minutes yeah, and it all looks right, good right, yeah, exactly. there, there is no perry mason there is yeah. no matlock yeah, it is all tv all yeah. done all done yeah. so uh, i always like to ask somebody a funny question before we get going here um here's my here's my little funny question for you do you actually read the end user license agreements when you sign on? <laughs> of course. Of course. You read them all. You read not. them all. Yeah, okay. I got you. Of course Very good. not. <laughs> yeah. Jason, so in your own words, um, describe what the law offices of Jason E. Taylor are all about. What type of law do you practice and when somebody should call you? Uh, we represent individuals. We don't re represent businesses or corporations. We represent individuals against uh, businesses and corporations and primarily insurance companies. So if you've been harmed, whether it's in an employment situation by an employer, whether it's a, uh, you know, a worker's comp, you've been injured at work physically, if, uh, if uh, you've been in, you know, hurt by somebody uh, on the road, whether it's in a motorcycle, car, truck, that sort of thing, basically individuals who have been harmed uh, by, by, somebody, by somebody else or by a, a corporation, uh, or employer or whatnot, uh, give us a call, and uh, our investigators will uh, kind of start by, by gathering the information and finding, you know, seeing if it's something we can help you with, and then moves to the lawyers and the case managers from there, and, and we're happy to help. Very good. And what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, the phone number, which I have an 800 number, which I can't remember off the top of my head. And, I, I got uh, it. It's 800-351-3008. That is, sounds familiar. Is the, <laughs> or, uh, he's always in your accounts. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Or, or thelitigator.com. Thelitigator.com. And I, I love, by the way, my, my favorite thing about your brand is the logo. Like I just I just love that. Alligator logo. smoking the, a cigar, riding a motorcycle. Riding a motorcycle. It's perfect. And it's, it's like, uh, here's my favorite joke in the world, which is, I shouldn't say, I'm going to say it on air anyways. What do you, what do you call... A uh, an alligator that that does investigating. You call him an investigator. I love it. Yeah, you should never. Glad you do. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks this for morning, having man. me. Absolutely. Why does it stop? Blue, Jason? Why does it stop? Yeah.